0: Has been awesome. Let's it go. it out. Down goes Frazier. Down goes
1: Frazier. Down goes Frazier. The with no record for human life. Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA. Gonzaga, the, the slipper still fits. All oh, the band is out on the field. He's putting the one in the line There are no flags on the field. Welcome back to episode ten of Hit Single. That's right, we finally hit double digits. Who knew we'd finally get here? Uh, so to commemorate this achievement, we have repeat guest slash co-host, I guess, uh, Will Muckian back on. How's it going?
0: It is good. It's good to be back. It's. I feel like my title keeps getting more prestigious every time I'm here. Sometimes <laughs> I'm guest host. Now I'm co-host. Kind of guest host. I'm working up. <laughs> uh, so I'm very happy. Yeah, to I be mean. Here.
1: At this point, you've probably been on half my episodes, so I might as well just pencil you in into like the description of the podcast. Perfect. (laughs) Let's just get started and uh, go straight to our Love 30s. Um, I've got a couple. I think you have a few uh, or so. I don't know. Uh, We'll just go with... You can start us off here.
0: All right. I'm going to start us off maybe in a little painful topic for you, Um, but Ross Barkley said today or yesterday I don't know how Britain time works that he is (laughs) quote-unquote ready to step up and help fill the gap at Chelsea left by Eden Hazard's departure for Real Madrid Um, he also mentions elsewhere in this article uh, which is from the Guardian that he's going to be playing more as a 10 this season uh, necessary kind of a schematic change for a team that will no longer have Gonzalo Higuain and so without an ability to make transfers you got to figure out striking options up front but uh, I thought the enthusiasm there was, was very commendable, maybe a little misguided. I'm not sure Ross Barkley is necessarily <laughs> the Hazard type. But um, nonetheless, best of luck to him as he looks to replace probably a
1: top five player in the world. Uh, I don't know how to comment on this. <laughs> um, I mean, I suppose that's good. Like you always want to see your younger players ready to fill that role. But, I mean, Chelsea struggled to score last year if it wasn't Hazard doing all the work. Right. I I don't know where that's going to come from this year. And, I mean, if Barkley says he wants to step up and be that guy, great. I don't know if he can actually be that guy. And without any, like, I mean, it strikers have been an issue for Chelsea for several seasons, for several years, and it's not going to get any better this year. Right. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to this, this go-around of the <laughs> Premier League season. I really don't know what to expect. It's going to be something.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's not even really, as like young players go, obviously they have Pulisic coming in, you have Hudson-Odoin, a new contract. Uh, he's, what, like 25? So he's not that much younger than Hazard, which I guess yeah. on a team like this, maybe that's a good thing. You want some veteran presence. But anyway, not to hog the spotlight, you have your love 30s to get to.
1: Yeah. Um, so mine are both not sports related because this is a really dead time for sports. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess there's baseball, but who actually cares about baseball? Amen. Just kidding. I <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I say that, but like every year I pretend like I'm going to try to be more interested and it never happens. But uh, so two things entertainment wise this season or this week. Uh, so I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood over the weekend, uh, the new Quentin Tarantino movie, which was insanely good um and the end of that movie i'm not going to spoil it definitely not what i thought it was going to be okay which is a good thing i'm glad they went that direction but yeah a uh, really good movie uh, a lot of dialogue probably a tad bit too long it's That's like two I've hours 40 minutes yeah yeah but other than that it was fun it was classic tarantino when there was violence it was gruesome And amazing. (laughs) And then the other thing is The Boys on Amazon Prime. I don't know if anyone's watched that yet, but it's uh, essentially imagine if the superheroes that everyone thinks is like goody two-shoes and like perfect human beings, if they were just secretly morally corrupt and just bad people all around behind the scenes. Uh, So that's basically what that is. And it's about a, a group of vigilantes who actually decide to take down this team of superheroes. So it's fun. It's uh, produced by Seth Rogen. So it's it's got some dark comedy in there. Um, Hmm. It's it's pretty nuts for the first, like, actually pretty much the entire season. Uh, I finished (laughs) it last night. Definitely, definitely worth it. Okay.
0: I keep getting ads for it. Like, I think pretty much everywhere I go, they've advertised really, really heavily in whatever demographic I fit into. So I do want to start it eventually, but haven't gotten there yet.
1: Yeah, if If you're into the whole um, superhero type of stuff, this is for you, but in a different realm of superheroes. Like it's like, like the main superhero is basically like Superman. Like that's the kind of powers he has, but he's secretly a piece of shit. So yeah,
0: it sounds literally the opposite of of
1: Superman from a moral point of view.
0: Yeah, it sounds sort of like a mixture of like Watchmen and kind of like that Superman like Injustice Sort of storyline. Yeah, where he goes bonkers, which I'm I'm into both of those stories. So, I'll I'll get into this eventually. I'm sure.
1: Yeah, and uh, my third one, um, my third love, thirty, is actually unrelated to any of this. And um, I just wanted to like do a humble brag, really quick. Not even really a humble brag. I just wanted to say that I got a new car this weekend, hey. and it was the Kia Stinger, and hey. I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's awesome.
1: All right, going on to word association. Uh, our first one, uh, we'll go with soccer and then we'll go to NFL because that's all that's really going on right now. Our first one here, Gareth Bale. Uh, so it was rumored that he was going to China and it seemed like it was a done deal, but then that fell through and he's staying with Real Madrid for the time being. I don't, it's a little unclear at this point.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: What was your reaction?
0: My my. One word was just disgraceful. I don't think Real Madrid has handled this well at all. Um, Gareth Bale should not be, you know, injury history aside, he's 30 years old. I get that. He should not be a difficult player to accommodate. If you want to move him, move him. You know, there was an offer here on the table. We don't know exactly what the numbers were, but it's a, he wants playing time. He wants to be on a team where he's appreciated uh, with a culture with with a fan base that wants him there and he's not really getting any of that at real he's fallen out of sorts with the manager obviously that's pretty well documented at this point so it's just it's a shame to see them handle this so like i said disgracefully it's really just disappointment
1: yeah i mean when i saw that headline today that it fell through my first reaction was just what the fuck like this has been a story for how long now? Like two months. That, uh, I mean, I, I think it was really a story pretty much all season where you know he kind of fell out of favor there. He was coming off the bench at one point, which might have been somewhat injury induced, just like kind of not being in the starting lineup. But still, it was just it seemed like when Zidane came back to be the manager, there just there's bad blood there, and Zidane has not shied away from comments in the media, which. Uh I'm not a fan. And like you said, kind of disgraceful in terms of just how Real Madrid has handled this whole thing. Yeah, I, I hope Bale gets to go to a place where he's not just like thrown under the bus yeah. in the media by his manager, uh, which just seems like a real shitty thing to do from Zidane's point of view. It Sucks for Bale. And like you said, injury issues aside, he's still a great player. Mm-hmm. It's hard to really deny that. But you know, Seems like Real Madrid doesn't want to really play along with whatever whatever he wants or his desires, I guess.
0: Yeah. Oh well.
1: All right. Our next four headlines here, um, going to NFL football. news. Yes, the football that is going to be taking over our TVs in less than three days. Yeah.
0: Wow. That 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 doesn't feel
1: real. <laughs> <laughs> the Detroit Lions signed defensive tackle Mike Daniels. Few days after the Packers cut him, my reaction to this was the Lions. Why? Yeah, I, I like Mike Daniels is an older player, and their defensive line with him and Snacks Harrison is probably going to be pretty decent, or at least the inside of their defensive line. Uh, and they've got some pass rushers, but I feel like this is a guy that you sign if you're trying to make a Super Bowl push. And are the Lions there? No. <laughs> yeah, I mean especially being in a division with the Bears and the Packers who even when the Packers have a down season I still trust them with the lack of talent that they may have, I still trust them to make a Super Bowl push more than I trust the Lions.
0: I trust the Vikings more than I trust the Lions and it's really Yeah, I trust the Vikings too. Them. Like it's
1: just <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a weird signing I think just for the sake of or just from the point of view that I feel like Daniels is a guy that you sign when you know you need that one player to put you over the edge. Mm-hmm. This takes them from like a C team to a higher C team. C plus, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like not even – it's like not even C plus. It's like right before you get to the C plus range. It's just
0: – 77.4% to do like a little bit of math on that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's just not – and I don't quite get it from their point of view, but whatever. Um I didn't actually look at the numbers on this. I assume he wasn't that expensive, so why not? Yeah, I, take I, a flyer. I guess. guess. So that's that. Uh, what was your What were your thoughts on uh,
0: this? My my words were just sink drain. Um, feels like Mike Daniels is on his way out of the league, uh, but I guess he's just circling the drain one more time. He's getting closer to the bottom, as we can tell. The Lions are a trash compactor team, and. Eventually, he's going to be gone, but he hasn't he hasn't quite made the rounds yet. So, I don't know. I mean, I still have to see him play, so I don't get to really celebrate. Do I really care? You know, now that he's with the Lions, do I really care? Whatever. You know, we're going to crush the Lions. Uh, I say we, of course, <laughs> meaning the Bears. I don't – hopefully, people that listen to this podcast are familiar with me as a Chicago sports fan. But in case you're not, um, Bears are going to demolish him. It doesn't matter. Um <laughs> So, again, circling the sink train. He's basically on his way out. He's doing a victory lap.
1: All right, our uh, next headline. The New York Giants wide receiver Golden Tate is appealing a four-game suspension for violating the league's policy on performance-enhancing enhancing drugs. He claims it was an ingredient in a fertility drug. So, take that for what you will. Mm-hmm. What were your first reactions?
0: My uh my word was busted. Um which you know little fertility pun there um but (laughs) (laughs) but it's just to me these are so yeah i know it's it's a bad one but these these (laughs) sorts of excuses are so inexplicable to me if it you know if he legitimately you know didn't intend to take this for any sort of performance enhancing reasons great But you have to have just kind of the common sense to send any medication. If you're an NFL player, send medication to your team or to your trainer and say, hey, anything on this ingredients list, is this going to get me in trouble? It's I can't imagine it's that difficult. And like, I don't want to come down on too hard on these guys, because obviously, like they have a life outside of football. And if you're trying to have kids like good for you, that's great. Um Unless you're Antonio Cromartie, which in that case, stop, because you've had too many. <laughs> or
1: or Philip Rivers. Right,
0: yeah, like, please, take less fertility toys. <laughs> um, but, it, you know, in that instance, in the human instance, I get it, but if you're trying to still maintain a football career, that's a necessary measure that you have to be taking.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, like, my my reaction was, yeah, likely story. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's hard to feel bad Because, I mean, these guys have all the means in the world to get, I mean, get the right drugs. Like, for whatever their situation is, there's – it's not like every fertility drug in the world has an ingredient that's on the banned list. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure he could have gotten something that wasn't. And I feel like it's definitely on him to have that checked. And it's also on maybe his doctor. I mean, I don't, I don't really know how all that works, but I feel like if you're a doctor and you're prescribing something to an NFL player, maybe that should be on your mind.
0: Yeah, as well, that's a good point.
1: But yeah, ultimately, I think it just comes down to Golden Tate. It uh, he had to, he has to know, and he has to like be smarter. Even if it is because of that, I still think that's on him for not knowing what he was taking before he took it. Yeah. But like you said, they have lives outside of football.
0: Right. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt.
1: Yeah, it's hard to be... It's hard to think that this is, like, a one-off. I'm sure he's not... Or Yeah, I'm sure he's not the only one that's taking something like this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, players got to be smarter.
0: Yeah, right.
1: All right, uh, our next headline. The New Orleans Saints cut wide receiver Cameron Meredith. Wow. Um, <laughs> Could yeah, I, I don't actually have much to say about this, but, yeah, it's just... Sucks for him, I guess. Um, he just hasn't been the same player since that knee injury, what, like two years ago, three years yeah, ago? Yeah, I don't know.
0: All those years bleed together. The pre-Mitch years, none of them matter.
1: <laughs> he was off to a promising start with the Bears, and it's just been downhill ever since he got an in that knee injury and has not recovered. And I don't think the Saints are really going to miss him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. They've got, they've got a lot of receivers there, guys who can kind of – fill in. And Tracon Smith is one guy who has been kind of sitting in the on the back burner, is just waiting for yeah. his turn. And now is his turn.
0: Yep. Yeah, now you just got to hope you get Mike Thomas back, I guess. But go He'll get your back. money, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, my words, I already said them. Just told you. I mean, it, it stinks, but I didn't have high hopes for Cam Meredith. I wasn't really all that pressed to see him leave. And I'm not really all that surprised to see him teamless now. You know, it's it's just he's had a tough few years. So best of luck to the guy, but wouldn't want him on my team.
1: <laughs> all right. Uh, because this is an episode that's just meant to hurt me. It's and only
0: going to get worse.
1: <laughs> uh, AJ Green expected to miss six to eight weeks after coming down awkwardly in practice and An MRI showed that he had torn ligaments in his left leg. Uh,
0: (laughs) That should have been the word. was just, like, assorted (laughs) screaming. (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) It hurts, man. I'll let you go first here.
0: Okay. Yeah, I just said painfully predictable. Uh, Just, I mean, the reports out are that the Bengals staff made sure the field was okay to play on before they played on it, and yet here we go. You know, AJ Green, one of the most tantalizing physical receivers in the league when he's healthy. Well, the when he's healthy is obviously the operative part of that phrase and for the Bengals to just continually lose their number one guy is brutal. And that's as somebody who's not a Bengals fan but enjoys watching him play. I need I need AJ Green to put somebody in a choke slam. <laughs> I need that in like on my TV again. Um so Uh, you know best luck to him hopefully he comes back full health for your sake for his sake for whoever is throwing to him this year's sake um i don't know some people some people would say andy dalton i would say maybe shouldn't be andy dalton but um that's all that's all just i hope the guys gets better
1: yeah i i I already had my initial reaction to this so um (laughs) yeah it, it it sucks like this Bengals team, I swear, God hates them. The football <laughs> gods hate. They hate the Bengals, and that's fine because I hate the Bengals too. It's everyone gets hurt. I I okay. So I saw a stat that said that. I guess it's not really a stat, but I saw something that said that the ever since the Bengals have had Dalton, Eifert, and AJ Green, they have only played one playoff game together, and they've been to the playoffs. I think four or five times in that time. So yeah, someone's always hurt. And usually it's Eifert. Yeah. <laughs> one, one, one time it was AJ green. One time it was Dalton. And then just, this is coming after what, like a month ago or so Jonah Williams, the Bengals first round pick the offensive lineman. He is out. He, uh, i shit. I forget what he heard, but he's likely out for the year. And that's just like, it just adds on to the fact that the Bengals' first-rounders in general or just, you know, like the players that you expect to be your biggest contributors just can't stay healthy. For just fun fact, five of the last eight seasons, the Bengals' first-round rookie has played less than 70 snaps. And 2019 with Jonah Williams is about to make it six of the last nine. So, you know, that's fun. Uh, and shockingly, one of those six is not Tyler Eifert.
0: Oh, wow. (laughs) So,
1: yeah, he actually played, like, 500 snaps his rookie year. I don't think he's played 500 total since then, but, you know, he did it his rookie year. It's just, it's like everything, every year, like, you get your hopes up. Not that I have my hopes up this year, but, you know, the years when you do get your hopes up, the playoffs come around, and everyone just drops dead. And this year... (laughs) When I didn't have any hopes, and the only thing that had me going and getting any somewhat like, like even the slightest bit excited was AJ Green, and now he's out and probably won't be back to like I don't know week four or something. So yeah, they're gonna be bad with him, but at least he makes it a fun bad to watch. Yeah, like a watchable bad. Yeah, yeah. This this team's gonna win like six games regardless, or at the most six is being generous. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> at least in those six wins, potential wins, it would have been fun to see A.J. Green get like 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns and, you know, shit on the Ravens twice <laughs> every year again. But, no, we're not going to get to see that because he's going to be hurt, and I'm going to cry.
0: Hey, in the on the bright side, 32-year-old A.J. Green t- catching like four games worth of touchdown passes from Trevor Lawrence is going to be all worth it. I... If
1: if that happens, great. But I guarantee you the Bengals will find some way to screw up tanking in two years or next year. Or, or they're gonna get they're the number going. one
0: and trade down.
1: No, don't say that.
0: <laughs> that evil's out there now. You can't you can't trap that again. Uh,
1: I don't know what's worse. I don't know what's worse. Getting the first round pick or the first overall pick and then trading out of it, or getting some meaningless week 17 win that knocks you out of the number trading one, pick, down. which is probably trading what I think is gonna happen. <laughs> Yeah, probably. But either way, I expect one of those things to happen to the Bengals because that's what they do. They find a way to win a game that they shouldn't. And you know what happened two years ago? They won their last two games of the year. And what did they do? They extended Marvin Lewis. Oh, fuck that. (laughs) All right. uh, Well, I need to I need to go into happier moments here. So um, let's go to our rank. And last episode, Grant and I ranked our five movies that we quote the most. So naturally, we are going to rank our top five TV shows that we quote the most. So I'll say my number five, and then we'll just go back and forth. All right. All right. My uh, number five uh, is Friends. Yeah, I, I think Friends is just one of those shows where I don't watch it as much anymore, but there are some quotes from it that I just, I quote the most, or I quote very often, despite the fact that I haven't even gone back and watched an episode in several months. But my favorite one, there's an episode where Joey is talking about a moo point, and no one can figure out what a moo point is. And it turns out he means moot point. A moo point? Yeah. It's like a cow's opinion. It just doesn't matter. It's moo. (laughs) And I just... I use the I use that Moo Point quote so much for no damn reason. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just there's so many like random one liners from all the characters in this show that just stick to my stick in my head and that I'll regurgitate for no reason out of context. And like just sitting there on the couch. I'll just say it even if it has no reason for it.
0: OK, my number five um, is from The Wire. So I can't say too much, because, well, you haven't seen any of it. But um, this line kind of delivered in context is just, it's its phenomenal. Uh, but it's, you come at the king, you best not miss.
1: Hey, yo, lesson here, bae. You come at the king, you best not miss.
0: I can't even try to deliver it in the way that Omar delivers it because it's so killer and like everything that, like I said, everything that leads up to it makes it hit that much harder. But like, I think the cultural impact too, this is like a line that's become a lot more, I think, commonly used in vernacular since the show. Um, And it's just, it's so cool. And I use it jokingly. Like I've, I've I've never been like in a drug exchange and gone wrong, (laughs) like killed a guy and then said like, you come with the King, you best not miss. But if I did do that, that would be the line I would say as it is. I just use it in like when I win in 2k or something. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's my number five. You should probably get around to watching that show by the way. Um, all right, let's not throw me here. <laughs> right. Happy times. will happy times. times,
1: happy will, times. Happy times. <laughs> all right. My number four is, uh, arrested development. Uh, I, there's just so much in this show. There's <sighs> yeah. Every <laughs> character is so good and has so many good lines. Like I, Tobias, he is fucking insane. Everything he says is, yeah, save some almost. for me. <laughs> um, yeah, oh yeah, I will. But then my favorite is Job when he just says, "I made a huge mistake." I've made a huge mistake. Not only do I quote that a lot, I use that GIF a lot. So
0: it's so good. It's such a great <laughs> shot. Honestly, like the way it's framed, every this facial expression. Will Arnett kills that role.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that show in general, there's a lot. That's probably the one that I quote the most. What's your number four?
0: My number four is from Seinfeld. And I have not ever finished Seinfeld, um, which I know is like kind of a, I don't know, almost a criminal thing for people who watch a lot of TV. Um, I've always enjoyed watching the show. And like my brothers watched the whole thing. I think my parents have probably watched the whole thing. But one of my favorite parts is when george sets his voicemail to a song like him covering a song but he changes the words where it's uh believe it or not george isn't isn't at home like i won't sing it i'll let you run it
1: believe it or not george isn't at home please leave a message at the beat I must be out before I pick up the phone. Where could I be? <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm not home.
0: Oh my gosh. I, I would sing that all the time in, at college for no reason. <laughs> like I would be sitting on the couch, kind of like what you're talking about with the friends quotes, and I would just start singing. And my friend, Connor, who's my co-host at Goalie Field, he would chime in, and then we'd, we'd, like, throw in some harmonies in there. We would jam out to that. It was just... It's amazing. It's, it's <laughs> and again, for someone that's, like, hardly watched the show, I don't even know if I've seen that whole episode, but that scene is just so burned into my brain that, like, I use it all the time.
1: Yeah, I, I, I constantly say that Seinfeld's one of my favorite, like, comedy shows ever, but then I also realized the other day, I haven't actually watched all of it either, so... I don't know if it's fair for me to call it one of my favorite shows when I haven't watched like every single episode, which I need to do as well. All right. My number three is Game of Thrones. Um, and it's really, again, just one line. Just that you know nothing, Jon Snow. You know nothing, Jon Snow. I, I just say I say the you know nothing part a lot. I don't know why, but I'll say it like. I'll say it to my friends. I'll say it to my family. I said it to my mom so much when she like, if she asked me a question about computers or something, because my parents are <laughs> super tech savvy. If they ask me anything about computers, I'm just like, you know nothing. And then I don't say Jon Snow, but you know, right? I'll use I'll use my parents' name just for you know, <laughs> fun. But yeah, that that line just sticks in my head. And there there are some other lines, but this is like the big one that I I say very very often. For sure,
0: yeah. I uh, <laughs> my third one. I don't know if I say this as much anymore. I used to say it a lot, and again, this is kind of what you're talking about, where you change the uh, change the quote based on who you're saying it to. But <laughs> but it's Michael's quote to Toby, where he says, if I, <laughs> "If I had a gun with two bullets, and I was in a room with Toby, I think I think the quote is Hitler and maybe Osama bin Laden."
1: Yeah, I think it was Osama Bin Laden. (laughs) I'd shoot Toby twice. And if I had a gun
0: with two bullets and I was in a room with Hitler, Bin Laden, and Toby, I would shoot Toby twice. It's such, I mean, that quote gets me every time. And I'm not even like a huge office person. Like, I think it's a good show, but I'm not like fanatical about it. But that just the way he delivers that every time is just his delivery to, to in most Toby situations is just phenomenal.
1: Yeah. We'll talk more about that in a bit. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's also on my list. Spoiler alert, I guess. My number two, I guess I'll just do my two and one here since it'll be spoiled. But my number two is Seinfeld, as you already had. There's one line. And again, like, I don't even know if I've seen this entire episode either, but just the, it's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs> Jerry, just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. I use that line pretty often, just as like jokingly. Never use it seriously because I'm not an idiot. Right. Um, Good. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I just I think that line is hilarious. And I for the longest time before I even watched the show, I knew this quote and I'd heard it before and I started using it. And then I found out after the fact that it was from Seinfeld. So then like I went back and watched that particular scene, but that's, that's it. Like I, (laughs) just that one line really. And then my number one is The Office. And pretty much any time, any interaction that Michael has with Toby, uh, like you mentioned, that's among my favorite ones. And my favorite one is, why are you the way that you are? When Toby (laughs) keeps, Toby keeps trying to shut down like his party ideas. And he's like, why do you do the things that you do? (laughs) Why are you the way that you are? Honestly, every time I try to do something fun or exciting, you make it not that way. I hate so much about the things that you choose to be. The Just the deadpan staring at Toby, no expression on his face. Uh, the
0: exasperation, I think, of, of like yeah. leading into that is one of my favorite parts. All right, yeah, my top two any of like the funke like anything that tobias funke says during the course of like the first two arrested development seasons is something that's probably been in my circulation just like oh because they're all so bad like i just um, blew myself i just yeah i just blew myself um when he asks michael if he wants a banger in the mouth because bangers are like suck sauce is like bangers and mash um for those either familiar with british cuisine as an english nanny named mrs feather like a banger in the mouth oh right i forgot here in the states you call it a sausage in the mouth we just call it a sausage but just like i i will go back and like re-watch the same like youtube compilation of just tobias fugue quotes over and over and over and find myself in tears every single time i david cross that's gotta be his best role or at least his certainly his most well-known like performance but oh my gosh and then <laughs> the number one is always sunny which i gotta be honest i was kind of surprised not to see on your list because i think it has a lot of quotables um but yeah there's a
1: reason for that
0: one is it that you haven't seen i it? just
1: i haven't seen it from start Bro. to finish and it, like I've watched up to season five, okay. but that was so long ago that like There's the quotes haven't seasons. stuck That's in my head. Anymore. I know. Um, I know. <laughs>
0: anyway, I can't really get on you because I did just cop to hardly finishing Seinfeld, but, um, it's, <laughs> it's from the, uh, the gang gets analyzed and it's during Frank's examination. Um, he's very resistant to the idea of being <laughs> examined and as soon as he starts to open up about his past in a in uh a mental institution, which I think what does he call? I think he calls it a nuthouse because he had quote-unquote donkey brains. Um, he starts like getting PTSD and like crying and frothing at the mouth and like spitting. And he just he like scream cries, Danny DeVito, in from the depths of distress. You've unzipped me. <laughs> Don't you see? It's all coming out of me now. Oh! Oh, you unzip me. It's all coming back. It's all coming back. I hate you. It's all coming back. You understand? I don't like it. I don't like to think about it. Uh, Oh! It's. it's... With a plastic bag for a helmet. Oh. Oh! I have I've said that so many times when like especially when one friend in particular um, will start getting like super like down in any sort of social interaction (laughs) me and all the other friends around probably not like a good friend thing to do but we'll start quoting lines from this scene (laughs) just to like make him stop um, but for over sharers, it's a good line to to throw at them. Um, but yeah, that's, I use that all the time.
1: I'm going to have to go watch that and start using that.
0: It's so good. The, the whole episode is as quotable in general that, and I quote so much from that show in general.
1: Yeah. I, I really do need to go and finish watching that show. It's just, I I started binging it and like, it's been so long since I've watched seasons one through five that I don't remember any of the quotes and like, because I didn't stick with it, the entire show hasn't really stuck in my head the way other, these other shows have. But yeah, I'm, I definitely need to go back and watch that and the wire. Cause you know, Premel's going to kill me if I don't. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you're listening, Premal, I'm sorry. I, I will start it. I promise. Um, <laughs> eventually. Um, all right. Uh, well, Let's move on to our last segment, which is make your pick. And since we were NFL heavy today and NFL season is just around the corner, we are going to pick our award winners and Super Bowl, AFC, NFC champs, all that. All right, we'll start with Offensive Rookie of the Year. Who do you got?
0: I, this is like one of the ones where I don't feel like my bias is coming into play here. I have David Montgomery who, even before he was a Bear, I watched him at Iowa State, you know, going to college 40 minutes down the road from Iowa State. Like, I was rooting for him. I consider myself like a casual fan of Iowa State, Um, but thought he was great, thought he was going to go a lot higher than the Bears were picking, um, and they did ultimately trade up to get him. But I think his situation here is perfect for offense rookie of the year. He's going to get a ton of touches. He's kind of the bell cow when it comes to rushing. Tariq Cohen isn't really an up the gut kind of guy. Um, anyone who really watched the Bears at all last year knows that he's like a, he's more of a gadget player, more of a honestly more of a small wide receiver than like a running back. Um, so yeah. I think he's going to get a ton of touches, just like Jordan Howard did. Um, except I would argue that his competition is a lot lower than it was for Jordan Howard. So he's got a much better shot at offensive rookie of the year.
1: Yeah, I also uh, went with David Montgomery. If that helps at all with your not being biased, um, it does. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I yeah basically you kind of outlined all the reasons. I think he's in a spot where he'll actually like contribute to the offense and be, I guess he'll be given the ball, uh, especially with Trubisky still developing. Um, they're not going to, I don't, at least I don't think they should, uh, put it all on Trubisky to just kind of air it out. So I think he'll get a pretty decent workload. And like I said, Tariq Cohen, um, for what he is, uh, I mean, he won't get like 20 carries he'll get, he'll get maybe 15 touches of which like eight or nine are in the passing game. So, you know, you'll get a heavy dosage of Montgomery. And I do think, This, like you said, competition-wise, this rookie class offensively isn't as deep. Last year, you had Baker and Saquon and just like some almost generational type players. And this year was much more defense-heavy in the draft. So it's not as hard for an offensive guy to kind of stand out. Uh, And I think Montgomery can be that guy. Uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Um, I went with and Williams. I could not give you an actual like football reason for this. I just think <laughs>
0: <laughs> good.
1: I, I he's on a Jets defense that probably won't be great, but like I think the Jets defense, or I think the Jets in general, will be like pushing for a playoff spot. Maybe um, they could be like a sleeper pick for a wild card spot in the AFC, um, and I think. Quinnan Williams might be a decent reason for that on defense. Um, I don't expect their offense to be any like world beaters or anything, but I think their defense will be good enough. And then an anchor like Quentin in the middle, he could uh, stand out. But yeah, that's my not so professional opinion on that.
0: Yeah. Mine was, mine was Josh Allen. I think it helps that the Jags are already a dominant defense and it also doesn't help that they're already a dominant defense because there's the chance that he kind of fades into the background a little bit with so many other kind of touted playmakers on that side of the ball. But on the other hand, there's a good chance that he pops given the chance to take a few risks, make a few flash plays, knowing that there are other guys around him that will bail him out, um, knowing that there will be more gaps on, on the line because the defensive line is as strong as it is. For whatever reason, you know, you saw Mac flash a lot last year for the Bears because he was playing with a much better defensive line. At the same time, nobody was really clamoring for him to get defensive player of the year that year because everyone was doing their Lions share of the work. Akeem Hicks, in particular, carried a huge weight there. So I think it could go either way, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Josh Allen take it.
1: Yeah, uh, I think it also helps that... um there are some um, established players on that D line, so they might draw more attention and kind of leave him in single, not single coverage. Not he won't get doubled. Yeah, on the line, hopefully. Um, but yeah, uh, that's that was also one of my short list uh, players for this one. This is actually the hardest one I think for me on this entire oh, list. Oh yeah. Um, anyway, offensive player of the year. Uh, Let's go to you.
0: All right, I uh, you probably won't like it, but Baker uh, is my pick. I think he's in for a big year. Um, I mean, he flashed a lot last year with, eh, pretty. I'd say a pretty mediocre receiving core, and now they just added a top three wide receiver to that. Um, some other weapons. I think the defense is going to look a lot better too. I don't know. I'm 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 high on the Browns this year. I'm big on the Browns, and uh, Baker's a big part of that. He plays with guts. He plays with flair. Both of those things are super valuable, in the MVP narrative, whether they should be or not, is a different discussion, but I think it at least gives him a shot at Offensive Player of the Year. At least he's not tethered to how the Browns do as tightly, but I'll, I'll get to his, his other case later.
1: <laughs> All right, um, so I went with Melvin Gordon, um, if he ever plays you know, if he ever gets this contract thing figured out. Um, but if he does and he s- plays from week one, I think he'll be a pretty major part of how the Chargers do this year. Not that he hasn't been in the past, but more so this year with Phillip Rivers getting up there in age. I don't think they're going to have him throwing it 30 times a game. At least I hope I hope not. Um, and they're not really – receiver-wise, it's not like they have a a ton of options. I mean, they do have – some solid ones, but, you know, ones that are also injury prone or have had injury issues in the past. So I think it would be easier for them to kind of just have Melvin Gordon as their, as their rock on offense. And he's also a factor in the passing game, and Phillip Rivers loves to check down, so he'll be there for that. So, yeah, I think he'll get a lot of touches, and hopefully that will lead to – Offensive Player of the Year because I gotta I gotta hit on one of these right?
0: Yeah, ideally,
1: Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, so I think we. It's funny here we actually both went with players on the same team. That's what I like to see. So I went with Khalil Mack. Uh, he was really good last year, and I think he actually already has a uh, Defensive Player of the Year award. And I, re- I originally actually wanted to put Aaron Donald, but then I saw that J.J. Watt is the only player since like 1961 or something to repeat as Defensive Player of the Year. And if there is a player who can do that again, it is Aaron Donald because he is that type of player. But I wanted to kind of go against the green there. And I think, I think in general, the Bears' defense – is better than the Rams defense. I and agree. Khalil Mack will get more attention or not attention, but he'll get more um, buzz around him for big plays that he makes versus big plays that Aaron Donald might make. Yeah. So I, th- I'm kind of going on the buzz and hype factor here, helping his case.
0: I think to him being healthy for more games, because he missed a few games and playing under Chuck Pagano too, could do a lot for him. I think Chuck plans to be a lot more aggressive, And usually that leads to more stats for your guys up front. So there could be, certainly I could see a case for him blowing up this year. Statistically, I think already last year he was pretty dominant. But just getting those numbers is a big part of that. Um, But I actually had Eddie Jackson. Um, Eddie burst onto the spot from his rookie year. He was awesome last year. Had we had him in the playoffs, I don't know, maybe we win. (laughs) Um, There are a lot of little things you could change about that that maybe we win, but I don't want to rehash it. Um, Oh, you mean you don't want to talk about the double doink? All right, man. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, you came at
1: me earlier.
0: (laughs) That's fair. It's fair. An eye for an eye. Um, But playing with Haha Clinton Dix eventually um, in place of Adrian Amos will be interesting. I think Eddie's going to play a lot of single high this year, but that gives him even more opportunities to generate picks generate pick sixes especially which i'm really looking forward to and also just laying the dirt on somebody on like a pass play like a standard pass play um which i also am very much looking forward to so i think there's definitely a case it's i think it's definitely difficult uh for a safety to make a proper case as defensive player of the year but of all the safeties in the league, I do think Eddie Jackson's at least got a top three shot at it. So I'm rooting for my guy. He's got the playmaking instincts.
1: Yeah, I'm looking back, and the last time a safety won it was 2010. Ever since then, it's always been either a linebacker or a pass rusher. And that 2010 one was Troy Polamalu. I was going to
0: say, yeah, it's got to be Palamalu. Well,
1: Ed Reed won it back in 04. I mean, it's definitely possible, and he is that type of safety where he is that exactly. he's got the ed reed type of ball hawking skills mm-hmm. um maybe not quite ed reed level i don't think anyone in nfl history is ed reed level yeah but he's i think the closest in the nfl currently right so, you know we not, not be surprised
0: like landon collins or anything it's more of a yeah oh god <laughs> move on to mvp
1: yeah let's go to mvp all right let, let's go with you again
0: here all right i I told you I was gonna be back to de- to defend the man Baker Mayfield. Mayfield got an M, and MVP's got an M, and Baker's gonna get it. And that's kind of my case right there. But also, I-, I think honestly the Browns look better than I can't believe I'm saying this. I think they look like the best team in their division. I'm not sure. I I'm not sure I really buy the Ravens. I don't know. I'm not. I'm definitely not sure I buy the Steelers. Um. I think ba- you're
1: forgetting about a team here.
0: No, I, no I'm no, i pretty sure I'm not.
1: <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face.
0: <laughs> I think that team forgot about that team. Um,
1: yeah, you're right.
0: But yeah, Baker going to lead the only team in Ohio to, I don't know, maybe 12 wins. Could it, could it happen? Okay. It could. Um, and if that's the case, I mean, nobody makes a better case for the face of that franchise than him. Um, they will go as he goes, I think, and if you think any media members are going to give a MVP vote to Odell Beckham Jr. over Baker Mayfield, one, what are you thinking? Two, no way. It's not happening. <laughs> um, I don't have a third point, but yeah, it's Baker.
1: Yeah, I, I can't remember the last time a receiver has won MVP anyway. Because typically,
0: never.
1: yeah, never. Is, that, is it never? Is it really I, never?
0: I am pretty sure. I'm like mostly very confident that it is never. All
1: right. Your MVP pick. All right. My MVP pick, uh, probably not as wild as yours. Um, Andrew Luck is mine. And I'm just really high on the Colts in general. I love what they're doing on defense. Love what they're doing on offense. And then usually the MVP ends up going to a player on a team that had a really good year. So I, and I think the Colts can do that more than the Browns can. Maybe that's my bias. Maybe that's just me hoping that the Browns crash and burn. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think the Colts are in a better spot to put together like a Super Bowl type of team or type of season, at least where, you know, they go 11 and five or 12 and four or something like that. And Andrew Luck stands out as their you know star player, as he has been for the last however many years, eight years, maybe. But yeah, Andrew Luck is my pick. And we'll get more into how high I am on the Colts in a bit.
0: Right here, actually. If yeah, right here. Right into it.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll just go right into it. So AFC champs, uh, I pick the Colts. Uh, I mean, Darius Leonard had obviously a rookie a defensive rookie of the year campaign last year. Their corners are decent enough. Their safeties with Malik <laughs> Hooker. I mean, I don't think they have like stars in the on their defensive back or backfield, but like they're good enough. Uh but the front seven is where they their defense has been really good. For sure. And then their offense last year, like especially their offensive line, came together and played better than they have in the last previous like decade. And I only expect that to get better. Or at least at worst stay the same, which even if it stays the same, it's perfectly fine. Cause they were probably a top five offensive line last year.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: And then yeah, I mean I th- I think they've got the receivers, they've got The versatility at running back, and of course, they've got MVP, Andrew Luck. Wow. (laughs) Maybe. I mean. (laughs) Uh, No. He'll he'll be MVP. I'm calling it right now. All
0: right. You heard it here, folks. Place your bets. And just in case you're wondering, the podcast will refund you if you lose money betting on Andrew Luck.
1: (laughs) I did not agree to this.
0: (laughs) All right, sorry. I'll get into my AFC champ. Uh, stop costing you money. But I'm going to go out on a limb here. Regardless of whether Melvin Gordon returns or not, the Chargers are my pick to win the AFC. I think Philip Rivers is going to have a renaissance year. He's going to retire right after he makes it this far. Uh, he's going to have like eight more kids. But <laughs> Justin Jackson and... Whoever the other guy, Austin Eckler, um, I hope I'm saying that right. I've never actually had to pronounce that. Um, I think it's
1: Eckler. Probably, That's why I've right? heard it pronounced. I can't Doesn't imagine matter. any other pronunciation.
0: Austin Eckler, feel free to call into the podcast and let us know if we're saying it wrong. But I, I do think that those two guys are legit. I think that running that two-headed committee would work really well for them. And Gordon's great. But as we're seeing more and more teams kind of steer away from this – bell Cow running back we're becoming aware that you can get replacement value pretty easily out of versatile uh receiving running backs i guess and yeah. i think the chargers are in a great position to do it i think they're in a great position to they were one of the few teams that could hang with the chiefs last year it's great if you can if you can hang with basically what was a generational offense um so i'm i'm kind of high on them swinging something pulling something out of the hat here
1: yeah, uh, I mean, I I would be perfectly fine with the Chargers winning, too. I think the AFC this year, to me, seems stronger than the NFC. There's several contenders, and it's funny how neither of us even picked the Patriots, who seemingly yeah. never will go away. But <laughs> I think we're both kind of on the same line of thinking here, though, because um, I actually have – If I were to give you my AFC Championship game, my pick was Colts versus Chargers, which seems insane to not have New England there, but fuck them. They need to lose eventually. (laughs) Exactly. All right, NFC. Uh, What's your unbiased opinion on the NFC champs?
0: Well, my opinion, free of bias and fully based on facts (laughs) and logic, um, is that the Chicago Bears will come out on top this year. Um, Legitimately, I wasn't huge on this... Bears offseason replacing Bryce Callahan with Buster Scrine like that still kind of freaks me out. Whatever you know, whatever anybody named Buster doesn't deserve my respect, um, <laughs> especially when he was the league leader in pass interference calls last year. So it's going to be great. I'm I'm a little nervous about that because Callahan was really good for this team in the slot um, in that nickel. At nickel position, I don't know if they expect Scrine to do it, if or whatever. I'm going to keep butchering it. Um, <laughs> or if they expect McManus to do it. But regardless, this defense is awesome. This offense just got a ton of new people, plus, uh, plus David Montgomery, who's the offensive rookie of the year, and he can catch, which Jordan <laughs> Howard kind of learned how to do last year, but it was way too late. Also, David Montgomery can run in lines that aren't necessarily always straight, which was cool. Um... <laughs> So, I, I don't know. Pretty pivotal thing to change up there. Um, Nagy can draw up some, some plays that aren't just Jordan Howard running two yards at the gut and falling forward. Um, I'm, I don't know. I'm really excited. I think Mitch Trubisky, if he is 5% better, is good enough. And considering everything else that got added around him, I think the odds are pretty good that this is the, the team to beat in the NFC.
1: Yeah, so I actually originally had the Bears too, but I thought this section was getting too Bears heavy, so <laughs> no I changed thing. it. <laughs> but there definitely is such a thing. I'm in a Madden League <laughs> where the commissioner and like three of his friends are in it, and they're all Bears fans, and I want to shoot myself every day. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I went with the Saints, because eventually their playoff misfortunes have to come to an end, right?
0: You hope. I mean, you hope so.
1: Yeah, I mean, they have a Super Bowl, so it's not like they've been bad forever, but they essentially have. They're that That one year that they won the Super Bowl is pretty much a the odd year out. Yeah, I, I think the Saints have everything that you need for a contender. Good running game, good receivers, Drew Brees. Their defense took a step back last year from two years ago, but I think they'll be back in form next year, or this year, I guess. And yeah, uh as long as they don't get screwed by the refs again in the playoffs, I think I could see them coming out of the NFC. But I th- I think that NFC is a giant mix of teams that I don't think are particularly great outside of like two teams and I think you named the other one. I think the Saints and Bears are the teams to beat there. I think the Rams are going to take a significant step backwards. I am not high on I don't even know who else who the other contenders are there? Yeah, I'm blanking. But yeah, Saints. That's my pick.
0: Yeah, and now kind of going into the Super Bowl, it's funny that you should say that the NFC is a collection of like good, not great teams because we <laughs> we have our NFC teams coming out on top here. Um, yeah, but I think I don't even know how much more I can really say about the Bears. I you know I explained my case for them being the NFC champ. It's the same thing here. I think. Especially if I'm assuming they're matched up against the Chargers, which I guess I am, I think it's they're just they're gonna be fine. I don't know. They can do more things, I think, offensively, and their defense is more imposing to the point where they'll just they'll swallow a majority of teams.
1: Yeah. and i I kind of go on the side where I think the Saints, so essentially my Super Bowl here is Saints versus Colts. Which, I don't care who wins that game if that were to happen. I, cause I like both Yeah, teams. that would be a
0: cool one. That would be a cool one for sure.
1: But yeah, I went with the Saints here. I think, in general, I I like the Saints a little bit more. I think I trust their coaching and Drew Brees a little bit more than I trust Frank Reich and Andrew Luck, which isn't a dig at those two at all, because I think those, that's an excellent duo as well. But Drew Brees, he's got the pedigree. He's you know He's one of the greatest ever, so... It's hard to bet against him, you know, just you never know what the refs pull out. And I'm going to keep saying that. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So, yeah, Super Bowl winner, Saints for me, Bears for you. Man, there's no bias on your end whatsoever, right?
0: Nothing. I don't see it. (laughs)
1: Let's see here. You had Bears picks for four of the eight that we did here.
0: Man, I've never felt like such a homer.
1: (laughs) No, it's fine. If if the Bengals were any good, I'm pretty sure I would have put the Bengals for a lot of the I I don't know. I don't remember what it's like to have a team that was any good. It's been a while. Hey, man,
0: you'll be back there. Give it like a decade or something.
1: It'll be like 80
0: years. I'll be dead.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, that wraps up episode 10. Thanks for being on, Will. No problem. And um, I guess we'll see you in two weeks.